what's this week's Devil's Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and I'm here talking all things. So for a Devil's Join Me the show this week, as I've all got Paul parking. How's your week been, mate? Yeah, yeah, not bad. Bit, bit frantic, just so everybody knows. Bit of an update. I've got, so I've got a date for the surgery on my eye now, so I won't keep winking at everyone forever. So that, that's good. That's being rushed through. So hopefully two weeks, I think, and it's, it should be done. So I may be in a few weeks' time working on our cylinders. Well, as much as I can do. So yeah, so it's been it's been quite an eventful few days, really. I'm, I'm, it's cheered me up knowing because. I don't know. I don't know. I feel for people who have sight loss or something like that, because even just working with one eye, it's a nightmare. Some things can be terrifying at times. Mm. You don't know what's at the side of you. And it's down. Fairly cheered. We've got another win, two on the bounce. So that's, that's made me week happy. I'm looking forward to Friday now. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you have this, you have this problem, haven't you, for a bit. Does it, do you feel like your other senses are in heightened because you, you can't see very well, do you think? Or is that a myth? Yeah. You, you do, but I think that's, I don't know if that's just a conscious thing anyway. I don't know if I'm trying to make sure that I can hear and I don't know. I, I suppose you do, but I mean, the, the worst one was, I mean, this week was, was bad acting. We came out and went a different way. Went to the back of the west, the east stand, All right. down underneath the bridge that way. And it was dark and it was, it was quite terrifying to be honest because I couldn't see anything. Mm. I didn't know being helped along and. And that was a bit of a worry. And then at Huddersfield the other week, coming out of the ground, it was dark. So he's got into the car park. It seems to be any lights. And that was a bit of a worry. But generally, if it's a well-lit area, I get I can get by and it doesn't doesn't affect me too much. But I think it'd be strange when I can see out of both eyes again, especially watching the match. Because I sit there like that through the game, kind of just trying to work out who's got the ball and, and stuff like that. But yeah, no, it's, it, it, it does. I suppose you do sort of pick up little other ways of doing things. and Because I can't see anything on my right side. Right. But somehow when there's somebody there, or you just you do become aware of things, traffic, and, and I don't know. I think it just, it does heighten you, but I think it just puts you on alert constantly. Mm. But you need to be more vigilant than checking your phone and walking out in the road, which people do with two eyes for some yeah. reason. But yeah, so yeah, nobody sees. Yeah, we're moving on now. So hopefully, a few weeks time, probably in time for the grand final. Yeah, because we all want to see that, don't we? I think it's I think your kid leading you leading you off for a merry dance in the dark is so that's to be investigated there, I think. Yeah. But <laughs> definitely, definitely getting a put on report for that one. Yeah. yeah. I've got I say I've got a terrible smell. My smell, I've got no smell at all when it comes to my nose. Went to I tell you when I went to the doctor and he mm-hmm. and he looked up it like he had this like thing, he looked up it, he said, But it looks really good. And I had a brain scan and everything and he, and he couldn't figure out why why I couldn't smell. So I'm on a a smell re-education program now. So, wow, hmm. I've never heard of that. I mean, yeah. I think I think some days at the uh, Salford Stadium that's well worth having because them sewage farms either side on a day, yeah, they're not pleasant. So if you can't smell that, you're doing okay because yeah. there's been a couple of occasions this year where it's been it's been fresh. Let's say that, but yeah, yeah I've never heard of that before. That's 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 quite unusual. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have, when people say that, I'm a bit. I just kind of nod along to it because I think it doesn't smell different to me. But yeah, it's the way it is. I have to be right on top of something to smell it. Like uh-huh. so, yeah. Wife goes mad about it, but you got to do what you got to do, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. Went through all, all the different avenues trying to figure out why, like polyps and like yeah. different bad things that could be happening, yeah. maybe brain and that. But yeah, all came back clean. So yeah, don't know really know why. And I suppose I suppose it's just re-educating my brain to to say this is this smell this is this smell and uh, i recognize stuff then hopefully i mean he's got some things that you miss like the smell of fresh bread or yeah or coffee in the morning or something like or bacon being cut i mean come on man yeah you can't smell that 
I, I don't envy it one bit because <laughs> if it smells, it just makes life worth living. Yeah, yeah. So between the two of us, we're, we're quite knackered, really. Yeah. <laughs> you can't yeah. see, I can't smell. Yeah. <laughs> see no evil, hear no evil, yeah. Yeah, so... So, yeah, loads to go at uh, this week. We'll look back at the, the Wakefield victory. Our reserves played a game. Our wheelchair team played a game as well. Look back at that. All the news coming out of the club this week. Uh, we've got Wiresides World of Rugby League. Uh, and then we're going to preview the big game against Wigan on Friday night. So, we'll start with the Wakefield win. You're listening to Devil in the Detail. And this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Devils were victorious against Wakefield Trinity at the Salford City Stadium. They won 20 points to nil. Two tries from Ryan Brown and one from Andy Ackers. Saw Paul Rowley's team home. Yeah, I, there's, there's not much to say about this game. If you weren't there, you were probably one of the lucky ones. It, <laughs> it, was, it was difficult to watch at times. I think the second half especially, I thought it was, it was a real struggle, really turgid. Not struggling in terms of, we never felt threatened by them. They had... They had plenty of ball on our line at times, through our own mistakes, really, but or giving away penalties again, which was driving me crazy. But the way Wakefield constantly turned the ball over on our line was frightening. And that's, I, we've seen it as Salford fans. We've been there. When you're at the bottom of the league, that happens and you yeah. just don't look like you're going to get out of it. And Wakefield the other night looked like a relegated team to me. They lacked confidence. They didn't really want to, they didn't try anything to take us on too much. And even when they got an overlap, it seemed that they just didn't want to take it or, the, the pass was, they had no confidence about them. And obviously the week before against Cats would have hurt them. But I think the game itself from both sides, if that had been on TV, people would have been turning it off because it was it was a dour game. I think Paul Rowley summed it up beautifully after the game. In, I think it was with the, the reports where he said his eyes were bleeding at times. It was, I know that feeling, but it was, <laughs> it was a real, real struggle. Both teams seemed to make hard work of it. I think... If we'd have played 50% as good as we did the week before against Huddersfield, mm. we'd have put 40 on Wakefield. Simple as that. We, we, I felt that when, when we were putting, the, putting plays together, we, I thought, oh, we'll go in here, we'll score. And then it was always some silly mistake or a forced pass. And I got that because we're trying to score more points. We've got a points difference thing to worry about. And, but I think a little bit more composure at times would have been better. But overall, I mean, we can't, can't complain. We've watched so many defeats over the years and even this season where we should have won games and we didn't. And this one, I mean, we did we did deserve to win. We were the better team, but it wasn't a great performance. But if you're not playing well and winning, I think we say it all the time, that's 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 a great sign. Yeah. A win is a win is a win is a win. And that's all that matters to me. It was pretty poor, it has to be said. But positives, we ground it out. Mm-hmm. which I suppose is a different way of winning, which is important because there will be certain games where we have to sort of go into that mindset to get a result. So it is a bit of a practice for that. We didn't concede a try. We only conceded one try in the last two games, which is which is positive for, for Paul Rowley's team and, and how they're working as a unit, which, which is great. But like you said, it was tough to watch. But as long as we get the two points for me, that's all that matters. We've been there many times where... You go into a game and you think, oh, we're going to win here. And we don't we put in a performance like that one and end up getting beat. So for us to secure the two points and continue our quest for that playoff spot was our number one priority on Friday night. Not sticking 50 on Wakefield and playing Rowley ball. It was two points, move on to the next game. 
Yeah, I think I, I think the, the the big thing for me was was the defense. I think the way we just kept snuffing Wakefield out every time we gave them the ball back or we give them, a, like I say, we're giving penalties away for fun. We're putting ourselves under pressure. We were literally our own worst enemies on on Friday night, but we defended our line like every man. And that that tackle where we forced the drop out mm. that typified everything for me. That I'd seen the week before at Huddersfield. That gang tackling that that every single man was was going to fight for each for every move and every every tackle they had to be in, and we forced them behind the line, drop out. We know what happened, but it was that commitment that that's there, that fire again that seemed to lull for a few weeks with us, or even maybe a couple of months really. I mean, there's performances at Hull KR and Wakefield away where you're questioning sometimes. Think, were we? Do we really want to win that? Did we want to be there? Mm. Uh, and then this the other night, you could tell. The players weren't, couldn't have been happy with it. The players wouldn't have been happy. And, and the actual, I suppose, Monday morning, the video review would have been a real video nasty. I think they wanted to skip through it and forget <laughs> it. But at the end of the day, like you say, we won the game. We didn't concede a try or a point. And that's that's difficult to do at any level of sport. And this is top-level rugby league. So overall, as bad as the performance was from, from both teams, you, you've got to credit our defence for, for keeping them out. Yeah, joined by uh, Paul Whiteside. How's your week uh, been, mate? Keeping Britain warm and all that? Yeah, all right, mate, yeah. Hey, both, both, hey, Paul, hey, Rob. Yeah, busy as usual, yeah. But I'm here now, I'm all right now. Just had a bit of uh, kid kid dropping off to do and what have you. But we're all right now. Good, all to, good. Keep, good to see you've kept the little moustache there. Going, going good, know, that, Marky. You're, a, you're a man of facial hair. How would you rate that? I'll have a closer look. Yeah, oh, yeah, very, very antipodean, that. Very Australian. Mm. Like you could play cricket for them. <laughs> I'm going for the Luke Gates look. <laughs> oh, that's a bad one. That's a bad one. Yeah. No, no, it actually quite suits you, to be yeah. fair. Well, I had my barnet cut yesterday. and me, I, I said to my barber, I said, um, have you noticed I've grown a little bit of a tash? And he just started laughing. I said, do you not <laughs> like it then? And I'm not going to repeat what he called me on here because it's a family show. So... <laughs> So uh, you have to have a thick skin, don't we? But um, I'm keeping it sodding. I'm not bothered what yeah. you think. As far as you didn't just go, gone. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've kept it. I've, I've kept it for two two weeks, and we beat Huddersfield and Wakefield. So if we beat Wigan, I'll keep it for another week then. Six weeks down the line, Parky. He's carrying it in a in a wheelbarrow. But to yeah. Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah, to Old Trafford though. <laughs> Well, like I'm a Freddie Mercury eventually, won't we? Yes. Hey, what, is, that, is that a Salford tracksuit you've got on, Parky? No. No, it's a shirt. It's a, it's a shirt with a hoodie underneath. I'm oh, right. I thought I was going to say it looked like a, like a fancy tracksuit. That looks nice, that. Looks oh, like yeah. Hey, it's a, it's not a bad idea, though, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it looked like one of them Wembley tracksuits then for a minute. But, look, it looks good. I like that white shirt with the red S. It looks yeah. great. Yeah. There we are. We're, we're spitting ideas for VX3 now. Yeah. Next season. As long as we get the samples. Yeah, when we yeah. can wear them. We on the <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're talking about the Wakefield uh, win. Uh, Paul, what's your thoughts? Uh, professional performance. Uh, we didn't concede a, a point, which was good. And after the Huddersfield game where we all conceded one try, I think to keep another team more or less out, out was, was great. To be honest. I think 
some of the attack was a bit off and we've blown a few chances. But what you've got to remember is the team that you're playing against is a desperate team. And sometimes they can drag you down to their level, can't they, sort of thing. So, yeah, it probably wasn't the most polished performance of the season. But I think I said it on Friday. Um, what was the word I used now? I can't remember now. What did I say now? Um, a glorious defeat. I think a, a, a scruffy loss is better than a glorious defeat. Yes. And I think it's, it's true that because, um, you know, you can play well and like we did against Saints and, and Lee and Leeds and not get anything for it. So, and you've got two points for, from the Wakefield game that keeps you right in the playoffs. And it, it's given us that four-point cushion over Hull, Huddersfield and Leeds as well now. So, it was, it was a vital win. Yeah. So, just quickly run through it. Uh, first try from Ryan Briley. Break from Callum Watkins. He fed Brody Croft. And then Ryan Briley was on the end of it. Parker to puts over the front. Yeah, it's funny. I watched the interview he did last week, Ryan, with the Super League podcast. Uh, and they were mentioning his try scoring and his support play and all that. And that was a perfect example of it again. I, I, I know there's another one later on. But, yeah, we were a bit, I think we were a bit fortunate, really. We got a look at the bounce of the ball there when it, we, we, we threw it wide. And, uh, I mean, to be fair, if it goes to hand, we've got an overlap anyway. Mm. But it bounced. Their player went for it, missed it. And then the gap was open. And Watkins, I'll, I'll, I'll mention him about 17 times tonight. I thought it was absolutely out of this world the other night. Thought he was our standout player, but anyway, aware of what's around him, Brody Croft, as a good halfback would be, right there with him. And then Ryan, well, once he's in the clear, it's going to take somebody with some real pace to, to catch him. And once he'd gone, but it looked, it looked a great move at the time, as we were discussing before, and watching it through one eye. And at first, I thought that was very slick how we got that ball out. And then you see, it actually went to ground, but still, <laughs> it, it looked the part. And it was a great, a good try. That, that's so early on in the game. And I'm, I sat back in my chair and thought, this could be anything tonight. We could be doing another 70-odd like mm. we did last year. Obviously, it didn't turn out that way, but a uh, great start to the game. Gave us the boost because the amount of time this year we've gone behind and you pull your hair out going, oh, how on earth are we behind in this game? And then you're struggling, you're trying to get back, you're forcing. Mm. So it, I think it eased, eased a lot of pressure in the crowd as well. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the important thing. Like I said last week, you start you start quick and then take the pressure away. Longer it's a tighter game, more people get nervous. Wakefield start building confidence, and then it's anyone's game. It if it's close with like twenty minutes to go. Second try, uh, the Andy Ackers try. Paul, for me, sort of typical sort of relegation fodder try when you when you can see the try like that. Drop out. Ball gets patted back. The whole Wakefield team surge out to get the ball. Ball bounces past them. Andy Akers picks the ball up and, and dives over from 10 metres. I mean, that don't break your heart if you're a Wakefield fan. I don't know what will. Yeah, sort of try. We used to concede in the late 90s, early 2000s, <laughs> bro. Something like that. I, I can remember. Yeah, I can remember a few daft things like that we've done over the years and, and, and quite a few not that long ago either. So, yeah, I think Wakefield's look was down really wasn't it? I mean they took Luke Gale off didn't they and brought that Will Dagger on because he was having a nightmare that, that Luke Gale and things weren't going right for them I mean to be honest in that first half I didn't think they looked that bad I don't think they looked like a relegation team because they, they lived with us really I think it was only 8-0 and they, they had quite a few chances as well themselves but they never really looked dangerous did they they couldn't hold the ball they couldn't you could see why why they bottom of the team because they can't score and they, they so sort of blunt going forward, aren't they? I mean, how many times have they been nilled this season? And But they were desperate, and I think they worked really hard. And, and sometimes when a side's working like that and they're desperate for points and they, they're battling relegation, they're tough to beat, aren't they? And, and they, they were trying to make it tough for us, and we had to find a way around that. And I thought we did. Packers got that try. And it, 
I was never really worried anyway, 8-0, and we got that try. I think that it was game over. I don't think we was ever going to lose. You can never say never, can you? But I don't think we was ever going to lose the game. Yeah, final try at Parker. Ryan Briley's second interception from Ken Co. He runs 60 metres, drops the ball off to Ryan Briley, and he races the full length to score. Yeah, like I said, that, that support play again. I mean, Ken Co. picked that ball out because, as I said earlier, they, they were creating overlaps Wakefield. Mm. They had quite a few, but they just didn't seem to have the conviction or or pick the correct pass or the timing. It was just like we say when you when you're at the bottom of the league, that happens. You've got little confidence. Things don't work for you. It's as simple as that. And and he's, th- he's thrown that ball, and Kenny Sale's got it. And as soon as he got it, I thought it's try time. Mm. Um, and then he's getting closed down. I thought, oh, and somehow he just had again that awareness that we that our players have got to just keep the ball alive. Sometimes it goes against us. We we throw a stupid pass or whatever, but a great ball. And he's there again, Ryan Briley, to, to finish it off. And like I said before, if he's in the clear, you, you're going to struggle to catch him. But it was good defensive work leading up to that. We kept shutting him down, giving him the ball back and shutting him down. And I think at, at that time, you do start throwing balls about and just trying anything. But it was a, a great a great finish. And that came, that, but the, the, sort of the try before the Akers one came, as I said, from that great defence on their line. Mm. But he pushed them back behind their line. That commitment was shown on our line to set up this try, strangely enough. So... It was all the, the defense the other night was was fantastic. The, the attack was way off, nothing like what we'd seen seven days before. And if it had been, it could have been anything. But it, the, the concentration as well to stay to stay composed in in defense and not give Wakefield a sniff. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, they, like Paul said, there at no point in that game for eighty minutes did I feel threatened by them, not not once. And that was not just because of the way they were playing, but because of the way we were defending. We look so keen. We look like we're fighting for each other. That passion that we've seen for the last couple of years was back. It was it was running through us like it was last week. So, yeah, a great a great try by Rye. He just keeps coming up with him, doesn't he? His stats are, are phenomenal, really, throughout his career. Yeah. I spoke to Brodie Craft on a pop-up podcast, and, I, and he spoke about our forwards impressing and keeping aggression and, and battling uh, in, in defence. Paul, talk about the King Bunny Ayawa hit on the Wakefield sacker forcing the dropout. I suppose there's, there's moments in the in games that, that turn them, and that was one of them really for me. Ayawa, like Parky said, a controlled aggression gets you where you need to go. Yeah, it does. We say it all the time, don't we, about the, the, the forward battles and, and winning the pack battle and, and, the, and the arm wrestle, I think they call it these days, don't mm-hmm. they? But you, you've got to do that to get in a game and get on top of your opponents. And I thought we did. I thought another player, Jack Orman, had his best game for a while as well. I mean, he's been a bit, I don't say, oh, he's been quiet, hasn't he, recent weeks? Not really been at his best. And I thought he was in that game. I thought he caught some big hits, as, as did King Bunny Ayuara. Yeah, Wakefield had, had some big forwards there. You've got Fafita and um, Proctor coming off the bench. They had quite a bit of uh, a bit of go forward there, and I thought we we we, we quieted them down. Really, I mean, Liam Wood was busy around the rook, wasn't he? But we, we sorted him out as well. So we had a good game plan there, and like you said, I think the winning breeds of confidence, doesn't it? And that beating Huddersfield, and you could see that from that game, the players were switched on, and like you said, they've got that hunger, that desire is back again. Well, I don't think it ever gone away, but I think that confidence is back now. That confidence they had last season. And, I'm not saying we're going to win like a grand final, but it's, it's dangerous where we can go. And we have to step up this weekend because we obviously Wigan's going to be a real tough test and a, and a massive step up from the last two games we've had. But I was encouraged by I think the defence was really encouraging because, as I said before, to concede one try in two games, that, that's commitment and, and that's concentration as well. Yeah, I think the plan with Fafita was when he got it, three people just jumped on him. Just didn't yeah. let him get any, any more men, even though I think he made... Is it 90 metres? 
in the game. I think I read, but I think Sofa did like you said did, did a decent job on him because when he gets moving, it's difficult to stop any parky. So I think like 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 we all said, defense was was great. Attack was off, but points are points are there in the bag. Yeah, I think uh, I've got to say critical of Jack Altman right this year, very. But he definitely had his best game of the season the other night. He put in minutes that we haven't seen from him recently. I've got to say that I mean the whole pack like Paul mentioned there with King, but Brad Singleton, yeah, has been has been immense since he's come in. He looks like he's got a point to prove in him, and with Ollie Partington being there, who who's a player that I I, I love watching. I think he just offers so much in everything he does. And and then again, I'm going to mention him, Cal Watkins and and Sam Stone, who's developed that pack last week looked. Probably the strongest we've had all year, mm. in a strange way. Even though we, you know, Tyler Dupree was was great for us. Let's not let's not forget that. But I don't know. The whole pack seems to work better at the moment, and the commitment was brilliant. And like I say, they've got a big pack. Fafita's a real handful. But the one thing we we need to do that was a little bit worrying was the amount of offloads Wakefield got. Mm. They were running to tackle and they were bouncing out, or they were getting the ball out. And we need to stop that because if you let Wigan do that, and you give an inch to Field or or French or Marshall, or Miske, he's, get, he's game over. Might as well forget it. So we need to wrap the ball up a little bit better because they'll have some big forwards as well. But overall, I think defensively we were, we were superb and handled their bigger players because they had a big team wait for it. Like, they, they kept warming up in front of me because obviously I'm only like three, four rows from the front. And they, I couldn't believe the size of some of their players. Yeah. They, were, they were twice the size of ours. Some of them. And you're like, how are we going to stop these guys? But I suppose you just stop them down before they get the momentum. But no, overall, not a great performance, not a great match. But we, we didn't concede a point, and you can't, we just can't grumble at that. Nope. Here's Paul Rowlett uh, talking to me. It's, uh, is what he was thinking. Coach's Corner. I'm joined by Paul Rowlett. Win tonight. Had to grind it out, though. Yeah, yeah, possibly one of the worst games I've seen for a long, long time. But the uh, scoreboard says nil against Wakefield, which is really positive. Conceded one try in two games, which is positive. That's a fact. That's history. Uh, but yeah, you know, the game certainly lacked quality. Didn't didn't lack hard work. I thought our players worked really, really hard. You know, I think the nil at the side of Wakefield, probably they contributed to their own downfall a lot there. However, I'd like to think that we forced a lot of those errors as well by um, our defence and, you know, cut, cutting their thinking time down. So, um, yeah, um, I'm trying to find the positives in, in what was, if I'm being really honest and frank, a really ugly uh, poor quality game. Yeah, but winning ugly is a good sign. Oh yeah, so well, the, it's in the history says win and nil. Well done. So, um, so yeah, it's, you know, this next week nobody will be talking about this. They'll be talking about something else. So, uh, so yeah, winning ugly, I guess. Yeah, but, but we'd have liked a, a better quality game and, and, and a tougher game, I guess, that might have brought bet, you know, ask more of us as well because you know we want to. We want to get better and uh, and really hone in on our, our performances as the season comes to a conclusion. So, uh, but however, the nil's important and uh, and the win's obviously important. Yeah, two wins on the spin. Back in the six now. Obviously, last sort of six weeks, eight weeks, we had a bit of a barren run, mm. but now we're we're winning games in, which is a good sign going into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we had a great start, eight from nine or whatever it was, and then seven and seven on the bounce, six league games, one cup. Uh, but they had a lot to contend with, though the players in, in that spell. You know, the, the, there was the announcement of the Sher scheme. We sold Tyler. Yeah. There's a bit of a grenade gone off really in the in the dressing room there. So um, 
a lot of outside noise and and uh, and that, you know I also thought our form at home was pretty good. Mm. I thought we'd been uh, uh, I, I had some tough calls against us. I don't know, made no secret of it, has yeah. it? I thought we've, we, we were good enough and we should have got three home wins there. So uh, so it starts painting an ugly picture when really it's not that bad. But what it does do is it tests your nerve. And uh, and what I will say about these players is uh, an example of their nerve is the three-pass shift mm. on our own try line yeah. under pressure that gets budgie at the other end. We, if we're on our game, we score that try. But uh, however, the... the to get to that point was uh, well like I say you need a bit of nerve and, yeah. uh, and they've got it peak rally ball that kind of thing <laughs> yeah there's a glimpse of it there yeah so I do enjoy watching that but uh, credit to the boys yeah Wigan next um, obviously away from home be difficult but going into it two years on the spin yeah a um, bit like uh, OKR previously before Magic a bit of a nemesis, nemesis for us um, so uh, clearly a big club uh you know, a good club with good history and a good presence. So uh, we know how tough it is. Uh, we've been there with a scratch side and, and performed remarkably. Been there with a full side and not done t- mm. as well. So uh, hopefully this week we get a full side out uh, and we put our best performance together and we put the two together and you know and uh, and give ourselves a chance. So we understand the the size of the uh, the task. Uh, but you know that's a game we cannot get excited for. Brilliant. Cheers for talking to us. Well done tonight, and we'll see you soon. That was Paul Rowley talking to me. Paul talked about it being a real ugly game, hard to watch, but a win is a win. Yeah, I enjoyed it, Rob. I enjoyed them. actually enjoy all the games. They enjoy them when they, when they win. I thought Wakefield came to, to play the game. As I said before, they were a desperate side and the trap door looks like it's closing on them now, doesn't it? We look at the fixtures that are left, but I can understand Paul Rowley being probably a bit critical about the players and chances that we've missed, but he'll be delighted with it with the, with the effort and the two points. That's what it's all about this time of the season now. And if we can iron out those little things, those little one percenters, and that, I think the timing was a bit off in some of the plays. Some of the passes went to ground and things weren't quite right. But overall, I think the, the effort was great. And like Parky mentioned, there's the forwards. I think I've not mentioned Callum Watt because I think I mentioned him in, in my match preview. I think I call him a tower of strength. And I think he is. He's such a... I wanted to mention him because he never seems to get mentioned on the three-word match reports and that. And uh, he, I think it's because he's so consistent and he does everything right every week. And, and he's tackling, he, he just gets the ball out. He's, he's brain on the pitch. And I think other players feed off that. Other players look up to him in the side. When there's when their heads are down behind the sticks or, or they're defending the line, they look to him and his experience and his know-how and his guile leads him through so and Sam Stone as well another guy deserves a mention because um, I think he's got better and better as the weeks have gone on I think he's becoming a real real solid Super League player now and I'm delighted for him he's a good lad as well yeah uh, Paul Rowley Parky talked about how a grenade went off in that difficult period in, in the dressing room and everything that was going on um, around the club but for me it shows how good a coach Paul Rowley is that he was able to deal with that and steer the ship through them, ch- them choppy waters to where we are now. Two wins on the spin and riding high, ready for the playoff run. Well, I mean, there's two points there. One, I, I don't think anyone can doubt how good Paul Rowley is as a, as a coach. The, the, the key for me is, he, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's easier when you're coaching a team at the top of the league. When you're, you're coaching a team that has 13 international players or or whatever. Like, I mean, Paul Wellen's got the Saints job and he got it because of his connection with Saints. He's got no proven record of being a coach. But he's coaching some of the best players in the league. 
all, all the best players in the league. Paul Rowlett does it tough every single week. He doesn't know if he's going to have enough players to start a game with half the time. He can't train with a full squad. But the key for me about a, a manager is, do you make players better? Paul Wellen's got that job. And some of them players at Saints are... The guys at Wigan or whatever are already top players at the top of the game. Paul Roll is getting lads from the Championship and making them good Super League players. That's the mark of a good coach. He, he's got players around him. They all love him, clearly. You can tell that. I think they'd all run through walls for him. He's got a great personality. He's a cracking bloke off the pitch as well. He's just... But he, the job he's doing cannot be underestimated in the, in the struggles. And you mentioned there about what happened mid-season. He lost probably his best prop. All right? financial decision or whatever it is, he went. The players will see that. They'll see that their their best players are the players around them are getting picked off. That creates doubt. Paul Roller's got to deal with that. He's got to speak to the team about that and say it's not about one individual. It's about you. All of you have made him who he is. You're part of this. And the financial side where he mentioned about the shares, the share scheme and all that, how, how that went off. Players read into and people say, "Oh, they, they don't." You get players say, "Oh, we don't, we don't really follow what's off the pitch. It's just what we do." That's nonsense. <laughs> if they're thinking there's a chance that they're not getting paid at the end of the month because the club are having a plea for people to put money in for whatever the reason is, players will read into that what they will, and that uncertainty will go right through their families to the wives. Their home life will change. Your morale will drop. Paul Rowley has had to con- contend with that and his team. And we're coming out the other side of it at the moment. And it looks it looks like he's done a phenomenal job. That's the key about roles and what, and what he does. And I think it just shows the commitment of the team. Well, they've just got their heads down and got on with it now. They've kind of moved on from this struggle in the middle of the year, this dip. We've had, we, we did have a little bit of dip in form. I'm not even going to... We were unlucky in games. But this time last year when we were flying high and the confidence was up, we were winning them games anyway. So... He's finding a fine balance there with it, but I think I think the job that Paul Rowley's doing in keeping his team together is is has been phenomenal. Really has. Thoughts, Paul? Yeah, I think you know, we were always going to go through a tough patch because the, the squad that we had w- was only light, and things seemed to build up for me. We went to Catalan and we were struggling for numbers, weren't we? And Sneedy was out, Watkins was out. Yeah, you had pivotal players out. President Wakefield as well. I know everyone said about that defeat there, but. Paul really was struggling because he didn't have many players to pick from. And when your spine's getting interrupted and you're throwing people in and throwing players in who've hardly played, Greenwood came in, didn't he? And Andrew Dixon came in, these players who've not really really played much. They, they, now, I don't know, it's difficult to just chuck players in. So when we are finally coming through that now, and you'll notice the last three matches, you've been able to pick an unchanged side. And, and how good's that for them? So the team, I think last season, the team more or less picked itself in that run towards the end of the season. And the good thing is, he's starting to do that again. He's picking itself every week. I know we've got Gerard out and Shane Wright out, who are big players for us, but that spine is settled again now, and everyone's looking quite healthy. And I think I've said it before, but if we are to make the playoffs, and it's a big if, we've, we've got a bit of work to do, but if we are to make the playoffs, you want to go into the playoffs in good form. You don't want to limp into the playoffs. I've said it before, the teams that limp into the playoffs get battered don't they and the players are already ready for their holidays the wives are in their ears oh we've had enough now and all that want to get on the beach but if you're you're going in there in good form you're going to cause some damage and we'll be a team to be feared so with four games four games left now and, and two of those matches are against your playoff rivals Hulk and Warrington so I think it's in our own hands really now and um, we're in a good position we're in a really good position and oh back against us if we got in that playoffs I don't I think any team would be 
be worried about playing. I mean, look at the results of the weekend. I mean, I thought Catalans looked to issue in for the grand final yeah. and I caught a bit of their game against Wigan. They got absolutely lumped 34 0. So it's all about form and, and, and confidence and that, that this time of the season and putting a good run together. So I think we're in a good place. Yeah, exciting times for Paul Rowley's men. Uh, looking at the stats, Parkey top tacklers, Callum Watkins 24, Marks need 22, Brad Singleton 31, Andy Ackers 38, Sam Stone 30, Oliver Patterson 29. Yeah, a lot of work there. They've obviously targeted Sneeder. Obviously, you do. You target the half-backs. And I think if you had the choice between him and Crofty, you, you'd go at Sneed because Brodie Crofty's defence is, is immense. Hmm. really is. So they've gone for him, trying to take him out of the game, tie him out. Uh, and he's come up with 20-odd tackles. I mean, for a scrum half, that's, that's actually ridiculous, to be honest. But, yeah, a lot of tackles there. I, I, we did do a lot of defending, certainly in the second half, through our own errors and, and giving penalties away, like I keep saying. We put ourselves under pressure. But, again, them defence, I, I don't suppose there was that many missed tackles. So, that's the flip side. We, we have done a lot of tackles, but we made them stick. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it just shows the level of commitment there. Yeah, top meter makers, uh, Paul Callum Watkins, 115, Brad Singleton, 83, Andy Ackers, 87, King Bunny Ayawa, 77, Oliver Patterson, 76. Yeah, Callum Watkins, big meters there from him. And we did a lot of tackling as well, did a lot of work. And as I said before, he's he's a quality player, isn't he? Absolute quality player. And uh, we're very lucky to have him, really. I mean, he's probably walking to any other side in Super League. And no, nobody really talks about him anymore. And um, I think that's great. He just keeps his head down and, and does the business. I mean, another man who I mentioned before was Brad Singleton. When you sign players sort of mid-season, everybody sort of looks at like the big names, sort of our backs and people who like that are going to come in and make something. But we've signed a prop forward there. And since we've signed him, we look a totally different side going forward. I think the signing of him could be an absolute masterstroke because he's just settled that pack down. He's a leader. I think his work on the pitch, other players look to him. He brings players in. It takes three or four players to put him down. He gets a quick play of the ball as well. I think he's, he's been a real, real good sign. Say what about Tyler Dupree? I mean, I know he was a good player. He's probably a lot younger than Brad Singleton. But that transfer at the moment has, has worked better for us because Dupree was probably out of form a bit. I don't know whether he had his head turned or whatever, or he, or he wanted to go. But the Singleton one, he's like he's come in and, He's got a point to prove now at Salford and, and he wants to get the fans on his side. The fans have really took to him and it should be a really interesting battle for him and Tyler Dupree this weekend when they both meet each other. But I'm really pleased with Singleton. I think it was a great bit of business to get him early. Is Brad Singleton our 2023 Jackson Aces Parker? That's the big question. Is he going to lead <laughs> us to glory? I'm not sure they'll have quite that effect. Uh, just, <laughs> just a note on that, by the way. Dupree won't be playing. He's failed his HIA. Oh, Oh, right, never mind. So that's, I mean, it's good news in, in yeah. some ways, but it would have been an interesting battle because Brad's yeah. a firebrand as well, isn't he? He's, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's got a bit of rep for that and going back to Wigan and everything. But anyway, that's that's it. But yeah, I mean, the thing is with, with, with Singleton, I mean, I, I'll openly admit that I, I, when we were going through for next year, I was a bit like, is he, the, is he what we need? Is he going to take us to that next level? He's proved me massively wrong. I think he's been tremendous. He's go forward. He's, is ridiculous and he takes two or three men every time and he lands on his front you can tell he's been at good clubs yeah. he's been coached the right way and he knows he hits the deck and he's up he, or he tries to get up when he's not being held down which doesn't get picked up by the referee but <laughs> believe that but you see other players get turned up on the back and it's, it's surrendered and he do, he won't do that and he'll fight for everything and I think he's brought on Jack Ormeroyd and, and Big King and people like I think that I think they're developing around him I think he's affected in training and just in the camp itself will be massive for us 
I'm not saying he's Jackson Hastings. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's, it's one in a billion. Like, but, <laughs> um, but he could have that leadership yep. and that know-how and that knowledge of being in big games at the, this end of the season will settle us down because we have, no matter what, what we think, we have got a, an inexperienced pack in many ways, even though some of them, are, 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 they're not kids. But if you look at Cal Watkins, who's obviously been in every big game you could probably think of, and, and Ollie Partington at Wigan's been around the, the, the big time for a while. But you need more players like that. You need leaders in your pack. And that's probably what we've lacked for, for two or three years, probably since Moose and Gil Dudson went, mm-hmm. and Flanagan and, and McCarthy, them, them leaders them, that bring something, not just what they do on the pitch with the ball, but what they do as a man and as a, as a, as a leader. So... Yeah, I think he could have that effect for us. I just hope Wigan don't wind him up too much and he gets carried away on Friday night. But that's that's another thing. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a great acquisition for us. Yeah, I liked him at Wigan, me. And I, when I heard that we'd signed him, I said, just make sure you keep that car running. Make sure we get him out before they change their mind. So I was quite chuffed with me uh, when we picked him up. But yeah, average gains, which is another one we'll look at. Ryan Briley, 10. Joe Burgess, 12. Brodycroft, 8. Brad Singleton, 7. Jack Armadroid, 7. Andy Ackers, 8. Oliver Patternate packet. Yeah, yeah, decent. Decent. If we'd have held the ball a little bit more, it did have been up. We we did spill too much ball again. We did at Huddersfield, to be fair. It isn't a new thing, but that's the way we play, and that's what's going to happen. There are times where you think, just keep hold of it a little bit long. Don't what we force him, second tackle, first tackle, whatever. Let's just get through the set and put pressure on him and then play. Let's earn that right. But if that's the way we're going to play and it's worked for us, then we're going to do it. And it's it's going to go wrong sometimes. I'm like I said at the start of the season, I probably said it last year, and I'll say it again. You will come up with a pick every now and then, one way or the other. Have your thumb with somebody, or they'll get you if you don't. If that's the way you're going to play. But let's be honest. Generally, besides Friday night, it's pretty entertaining to watch. So I'm not going to complain at that. But yeah, the average game, your forwards, you want them to be making sort of ten meters a time, don't you? But it's very difficult at the moment. I think I've got to say, I think I think the, the way the offside rules been refereed is not brilliant it seems that by the time you've played the ball the players are already up in your face Usain Bolt can't run 10 metres that quick so mm-hmm. I don't know if some of these prop forwards are already tackling Andy Ackers when he's not even past the ball I know we, we, we do get all down we do have a slow play the ball at times which really frustrates me but I, th- I don't know I, I, I'm not saying they're offside I just don't know if the referee how, they, how they're managing it, it just, they just seem too quick so that's mm-hmm. cutting down the, the metres you can make um, but obviously the backs get, get plenty of time. I mean, you mentioned there, Joey Burge is making 12 metres on average. I mean, that's that's a lot. Yeah. That's quite a bit of distance, really. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting start. It's interesting to see how it goes game by game, depending on who you're playing and who the referee is. Yeah, I think referees, I think coaches sort of study referees and they know what they look for and what they don't look for. And they probably know that a certain referee doesn't look to his right-hand side, so you can sneak a few yards on the right-hand side because he's not going to see you while you come flying out of the line. So the things like that, the coaches yeah. are aware of, even though they do talk about referees a lot and how they're not doing this and not doing that, they know what the strengths are, they know what the weaknesses are, and they've got to play it to get a result. We're not going to sugarcoat it saying it's all fairy tales and rainbows in rugby league. It's all about getting an edge. And if you can get an edge, because the referee doesn't look to his right-hand side when he, put, when he, when he brings people 10 yards, you're going to sneak a yard to get pressing Paul. Yeah, I think I've said it before, every team does what they can to gain an edge on the other team. It does my head in when you get coaches like Wigan and Saints saying, uh, well, the other team was holding down. I think Saints always do it when we go to their place. You think, and you weren't. You got dead quick and 
brush us off and, and let us play the ball quick, did you? And he's it, a load of rubbish. Everyone's the same, aren't they? But no, you're right. You've got you've got to do that. And I, I'm sure coaches do that. I mean, we spoke to coaches before, haven't we? And they've told us about all sorts of stuff and stuff that you never think of. And, and they do. That's what they, they, they do it well, don't they? They'll look at the finer detail, the little one percenters that you've got to do to, to gain an edge. And it's probably very... Very scientific, in it from from what we look at. So yeah, that's what you've got to do to win games. And Paul will have a game plan for this this week when we go to Wigan because you look at them and the way they play it at home and things like that. So um, there's there's always this, the science to rugby league and the stuff that we're not uh, privy to, really, are we? No. The devil is always in the detail. That's, that's always the true thing. Big thanks for your three with match reports and man of the matches. OSF, very hard work. Riley, Ricky P and his dogs in sale, solid two points. Briley, Chairman Bob, Banana Skin Avoided, Tim Laffey, David Deacon, not a classic king. Colin Wilson wins a win, Briley. Stuart Wilkinson wins a win, Ackers. Richard Martin, room for improvement, Sneed. Matt Young, must do better, King Bunny Iowa. Mark, another great D, Laffey. Natalie Taylor, Gail, never on side, like we've just been talking about. King, Louise Woodward Styles, only winning matters. Briley, Dave H, working hard again. Briley, Nicholas Fletcher, working workmanlike performance. Singleton, Paul Howe, not a keeper. Singleton, after another tough watch. King Bunny Iowa, Mike Murphy, keep it going. Briley and Rosa, very scrappy game. Briley Parker. Yeah, uh, as Paul mentioned there, nobody mentioned Watkins. No. 20-odd tackles, 100-odd metres, everywhere on the pitch, walking around with a, a busted leg. I find it I find it quite peculiar. Um, Ryan Briley was brilliant. I thought he was excellent the week before. I thought Huddersfield was probably his best game. So that doesn't surprise me. Two tries, usually do. They're very varied. Yeah, quite, quite a few. I mean, Tim Lafayette, I think, got man of the match on the night, which mm. kind of surprised me a little bit. He did a few things, but he, he wasn't in the... It wasn't that kind of game for him. I think, it, I think the forwards were the... With the heroes the other night, really. I know it's the the Brailies of this world that, that come up with the tries, but I don't know. I think I, I mean it was interesting. Somebody said Ackers, and I I wouldn't I wouldn't totally disagree with that. Mm. I think Andy Ackers offers us so much when he's on the park. He's such a clever player, uh, and he does a hell of a lot of work that's not seen. But that's I think that that might go under the radar a bit, but. Yeah, no, it's good to see quite a few different names there because usually in a game like that where it's been a bit dull, there's one man that'll stand out or whatever. So that's quite good, quite interesting. Are you up to date with the all three with match reports? Or is it going to be a couple of weeks of frantic listening of previous podcasts? Be honest now, Parker. I had a heart attack yesterday when I realised the last time I'd actually calculated it. Um, so there's a bit of work to do. I'll tell you. But one thing I will guarantee, no, I've had to stop a little bit because of my eye, because I've yeah, gone yeah. through the match reports on the, on the Twitter account as well. I just check everything. So because of my eye, I've, I've been I've been paused it. But I will guarantee you, by this time next week, it'll be up to date. Yes. That's what uh, we like. And, and it, I'll tell you what, one thing that did surprise me, and this is what you do see when you look at these match reports, because it's done week by week, rather than going, he's had a great season or he's a, he's a good player or whatever. When you actually add them up like this, it's interesting to see who is top of these these charts. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I mean, Tyler Dupree was, was up there for a while. He's not going to finish it there, obviously. But um, certain players creep in. You go, oh, I didn't realise how good he'd been all year. Mm. But every week he might pick up, he might get two or three votes. Or he might, and he just, he just gets you up there. And these, some of these players are, yeah, some, some sly ones in there, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I remember a, a couple of years ago, I think I had to do like five months 
on the spin and it was like well it took a good three days to get through it all yeah. yeah never again so i always think to myself just keep reminding him so he doesn't have to walk down that lonely road well I, the truth be known i had to restart it <laughs> did you start the year uh, about a month ago you did bin it did you bin the original one i delete <laughs> i went to copy and paste something and absolutely oh. deleted a lot and so i had to go back and co- go through the votes again and oh. do it right back to lee on the first day of the season <gasps> It did take a while. That's why I know what I can do. I know right. what I can pull up. So, uh, yeah, that's it. That's a promise for you. This time next week, I'll have, I'll have an update. Paul, if that was you with your match reports, you'd probably just be sick in a bin next year, wouldn't you? <laughs> I've done that before now. Because <laughs> I write mine on, on a thing called Notes, I think it is on the iPad. Yeah. I type yeah. it out on that, then I copy and paste it to the WordPress and then send it to you guys. And I've done it where I've selected all and then press the delete thing, and you're like, no, where's it gone? And you've got to write it all over again, and you, yeah. you've thought of something really, what you think is all right, and you've got to go right back through it. So <laughs> I try and save it as a draft now, so I've at least got a backup copy of it somewhere. But no, it's a bit of a nightmare when that happens. But that's what, what happens when you're a compu- computer buff like me who's not very good at them. Yeah, just need to make, just need to advise our YouTube uh, watchers that Paul isn't being held hostage and isn't chained to the radiator. Just checking. Me towel, the radiator dryer. Well, I've got the heating on, but yeah. Um, no, sorry. Anywhere <laughs> right? I can get decent light in here. Is that what it is? Well, yeah. Well, the kids were downstairs. Well, they were up here for a bit rowing, so yeah. uh, <laughs> hiding from them really somewhere quiet. Mm-hmm. So I am being held hostage, really. If you in, like. a, <laughs> in a way, by me, every two hours, every week. <laughs> yeah. uh, looking at our. Reserves now at Parking. They were away, their final league game of the season. They lost 38-12 to Hulkingston Rovers. Tries from Joe Cooper in Franklin. One from Mickey Gillen. Two goals from Matt Rudd. Shoot Wilkinson's men. Season ends in defeat, but it's a young side that's learning together. Yeah, absolutely. Stuart said it himself that it's about it's about learning this year for these lads. Last year we had a few more mature heads in there that would, would, would have helped this year. It is basically just a step from an academy team, realistically, playing against men every week. It's, it's been a huge learning curve, I think, for them. And, and I'm, f- I'm full of praise for them because they've been, even the games they've lost, they've been in most of them, but they don't get blown away every week like, like they easily could do against some of these senior senior teams, Saints, Wigan, and a whole FC have got a great reserve team. And, and, and the other thing is, we don't have an academy to back that up. Mm. So when our reserves start getting injured, or get drafted maybe into the first team or whatever, there, there is no direct replacement. We are scrambling for players week in, week out, and it makes it very, very difficult for us. So the, the work that they've done and the education that I've had this year will stand a lot of them in really good stead. And I know there's some talent in there, some some real, real really good players who hopefully in another 12 months will be ready to take that step to the first team because... I don't see our financial situation changing and us bringing in rafts of players over the next couple of years. So that is where we're going to get them from. And as the RFL, for whatever the, the, the reason is, won't let us have an academy, that, that, is, that is the next sort of generation of Salford players, if you like, in that little, that little pool. So, yeah, they've done really well. I mean, there's, there's teams in there who obviously have finished below us in the league who, who will have an academy and will have a, a better setup or a bigger setup, more financial clout perhaps. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been difficult for them, but they've done really well. And like I say, there's some players in there that will make that step now. And I'm sure Paul Rowley's took a keen interest in, and he's talking with 
with Stu Wilkinson constantly about them. And yeah, so going up to OK, I don't know, it was on, was it on Sunday that I think it was? Yeah. It's a long way to go for a end of season game. I mean, it's, it's never going to be easy, but no, fair play to them. And, and hopefully now we can start seeing the, the fruits of their labour from this year into the next 12, 18 months. Yeah, finished in 11th place, Paul, eight points, uh, bottom of the middle. That's what I'd like to, 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 to say. Near to Cass, near to Hull KR. Like Parky said, we're a team that, that's building and learning together. I'm sure Stuart Wilkinson will be been, been happy with what he's seen. He talked about it uh, to the to the club's uh, YouTube um, channel about when they, when they won last week, about how they developed and what he's looking for for next season. So plenty of positives coming out of that. Yeah, there certainly is. And those teams that you just mentioned there, they've got, a lot of them have got academies and they've had reserve teams and 18s for a long, long time, haven't they? Whereas we've only just sort of developed this over the last two years. So uh, it does take time to bed in and get players settled in. We had a bit of disruption as well. So, no, it's. I think with the reserves, yeah, great if you finish top and you, and you win the reserve championship. But it's not all about that. It's about getting these players experience and then getting them ready. You can't just throw players straight into Super League. There's no doubt about that. You need to cut the teeth. And some of these players that they're playing, playing against in the in the uh, reserves have had a lot of experience in Super League. You play like a team like Wigan and Saints. Some of those, a lot of those players, if not all of them, have had Super League experience anyway. When you look at the Saints reserve team. A lot of those players have walked straight into to most Super League sides. You're going to look at the conveyor belt they've got. So they're playing against a really high level and challenging themselves. So that's going to do them good as they go forward. So another sort of off-season together, bonding together and maybe add a few more players in. Next season, it could be even better. So it's just about a building process for them now. And uh, let's hope we can get that academy back because I don't understand why we can't have one. I think it holds it holds clubs back. I think if, if a club wants one, they should be allowed one. It wasn't our fault that we got disbanded in the first place. So, so yeah, that's another another story. But at the moment, we've just got to go with what we've got. And Stuart Wilkinson is doing a good job. Yeah. Our wheelchair team had a game this weekend. Parker, Rochdale away. Good workout for the team against a good opposition. Uh, lots of pictures online. And I said they all had fun and it was, it was great to represent the team and the club. Yeah, very much so. It's, it's another another big string to the bow, isn't it, for, for the club and another pat on the back that these things are being arranged. And I mean, I dare say the wheel thing, wheelchair thing is, is is more difficult anyway. With I mentioned last week with the logistics of it, you've got to get the chairs to start with. I mean, nothing's free in this world, is it? In fact, everything just costs more. But getting it all organised and the people who put their hands up and who are, who are taking part in this, I mean, it's magnificent. It really is. I mean, they're, they're representing us as a club. And, and some of them, they've just, they've just been fans who want to have a go. You know what I mean? It's, it's brilliant. And I think I think the whole idea of it, I mean, we mentioned God knows how many times how good that, that, that game is. And it does look like fun. So, yeah, brilliant. I'm, I'm really delighted that we've got it up and going now and it's, we're starting to get games because it seemed that it was mentioned at the start of the year and nothing's really happened. I don't know that we're going to have a game. I think it got cancelled. and So now hopefully we can back it up and get another one in soon enough. And yeah, it's brilliant. It's like I say, it's another another arm of the club now that we've uh, that we've got. And I, I think I think once people start to see it, more people will want to do it mm. more so than maybe any other type of rugby. I really do. It looks it's that much fun to watch. It's frantic. It doesn't stop. It actually makes it actually makes the, the the actual Super League look a bit pedestrian at times. Mm. It really does, which sounds strange with a wheelchair, doesn't it? I don't really know how that works. Anyway, yeah, so, but yeah, it's so fast. It's literally, it's, you don't stop. As soon as you've had that tag pulled, it's played a ball and off you go. So, yeah, yeah 
Brilliant. So I'm delighted for him. Yeah, it looked like, it looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, I think what I don't get about it is that they, they pull the tags to tackle them, but mm. then somebody could just crunch somebody and, it, and it's the same. I mean, it's weird, yeah. but yeah. it's that's what it is. I'll crash bang wallop in it. Uh, wheelchair rugby, Paul. It certainly is, and if the World Cup was anything to go by, I really, really enjoyed the World Cup and some of the collisions and that. You won't catch me attempting <laughs> that. It just looked a bit too rough. I mean, you talk about Super League being rough. I mean, that's another level, isn't it? So, but no, it's a, it's a sport that's growing fast. And I, I know there was, um, I did a bit in the uh, World of Rugby League talking about the, the European game that was played this week. And we had the uh, the Challenge Cup as well recently, didn't we? As well, so it's it's a growing sport and one that, like Parker said, it's a frantic sport and, and dead enjoyable as well. As well, so it's great that we've got a team representing us. And yeah, I think they'll go from strength to strength as well because it does take time. Like you say, and we're a new club, but no, it's, it's great to be part of. Yeah, let's talk news. So, let's talk news. First bit of news, the Hulk Yard game is now on Sky, 16th September, Saturday night, 7.30, which means now, Parker, we're going to ways on telly, Warrington Holmes on telly, Hulk Yard away's on telly. Yeah, uh, I've got to say it's not ideal because I can't make that Saturday night now, Oh, uh, which is absolutely... Devastating when you think of how important that game could be to to the, the season of who who's going to finish in the top six. After half past seven on a Saturday night, not brilliant, is it? By the time no. you get back from Hull that night, you're talking gone midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Not ideal for anybody. I don't like the way they move fixtures so near to the date. That doesn't make it easier because if you're going, if you were planning going by train, by the way, for the Friday night. You, you would have already purchased your tickets, so I could have done. Because if you buy them in advance, obviously they're cheaper. Then they move the game to the Saturday with a few weeks' notice. Yeah. I know Sky own the game, apparently, but they've got to have some consideration for people. But it does show how important we are, and that we are one of the one of the big clubs because we're on Sky three out of the next four weeks. It is, it, it is a pat on the back to us. Not ideal to the fans, but yeah, I'm, I'm slightly disappointed it's been moved. But it is what it is. We are on Sky. People obviously are interested in seeing us. Thoughts and prayers for me and you, Paul. I'm into Tots player, Tots Paul Rowley, and it might be coming out Sunday. Yeah, well, I booked half a day on the Friday because I thought it was Friday, so I arranged to him with school and go straight there. So it does, it mucks your plans up, doesn't it? So for me personally, Saturday's a better day because. You're working all day Friday or whatever, then you've got to get up at 62. Because I, I have to do it a lot. I go to a lot of games straight from work and leave your house at 6 in the morning. And by the time you get home, it's like 11 o'clock at night. You, you're absolutely goose the next day then. So Saturday sort of tea time, when Salford play Friday, I normally go to bed for a few hours because I'm tired. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I just feel sorry for supporters sometimes. Like Pike said, if you bought train tickets or whatever, you are struggling. And I understand that Sky Sports dictate, but if they do want all care and Salford on the telly, why can't they just leave it on the Friday night and have it on the telly? Why have you got to move the game? But yet again, there'll be football on or something. And rugby league, to me, on Sky plays second fiddle to whatever other sports they've got. And then just bungers on whenever they've got a free slot, won't they? So, so no, it's frustrating. But um, it's where we're living. What can you do? You've just got to get on with it, haven't you? But I know I saw people saying before, sitting United both playing that day and that might affect it. But I don't know. It's it's a massive game. It's a massive game. So looking forward to it, and I'll I'll, I'll be there. So it's, I feel sorry for people who can't get there now because they've been looking forward to it. I suppose it's a, a taster for next season when every game's on Sky. They're going to have to manage that. I don't know if they're going to work because obviously 
different rest days for different teams. You might be playing a team that's had seven days rest one week and then two, three days rest the next week or something mad like that. So we'll have to figure that out, won't we, Parker, when it comes to scheduling. It's not all about just putting games on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You've got to make sure everyone has the right amount of rest time. Yeah, I can't wait till the complaints come out about that oh, one yeah. that, that the, from the clubs. One thing I will say is we by the time we played this whole KR game, I put this on, I think I put it on Twitter earlier, that we have played a team from the city of Hull six times this season, various locations. Four <laughs> of them have been on Saturdays at a random time, and one was on a Thursday. We've played once on a Sunday at three o'clock, six times against the team from Hull, the opposite side of the country. How is that fair on any fan? It's just, I know one was at Newcastle, but that was a lunchtime kickoff, more or less. Yeah. Hull away was a lunchtime kickoff. Full care in the cup. He's crazy. I understand you could do it over this side of the pen. Is it even Huddersfield or Leeds? Even it's not that far. But going up to Hull or Hull coming to us, there's no, there's just no thought in it. I don't think. But like you say, it is what it is. And the next season is going to be interesting when the when the fixtures do eventually come out. Yeah, we're playing that many that many times. We're going to be start. We'll be calling barn cakes bread rolls if we if we carry on we're playing that six times a lot. But oh, it is Super League. They tell you when to play. Mm. Other news: Rising Star players three have been selected for the England Community Lions. Xavier Dele Charlie from Salford's Roosters, Nat Parker, and Jack Bibby all selected for England Community Lions. So congratulations to them, Parky. Three good lads there with a good future. Yeah, I know, I know uh, Xavier. He's a, he's an absolute wow of a player. Real big future for that kid in the game. Sadly, with us not our an academy, it's probably going to be a stretch for us to, to to hold on to it or get hold of him. But yeah, really good to see that the, the amateur game in Salford and, and, and around us is is developing so much because for years we've really struggled. Really, I know we we occasionally come up with a, a top player and Adrian Marley and that kind of thing, but it's it's pretty it's pretty rare that, that we produce enough. And now we've got this. There seems to be. Not as much, not enough investment, but there's more interest, more tied in. I think the club have got a lot to do with that as well. I think now that we take a more a bigger interest in amateur rugby league in the area, I remember when I played, I know it was, it was black and white back then, but it, it, they, they didn't they didn't really notice. We didn't see a presence at the amateur clubs from the club. It wasn't something that was. They didn't lead training sessions. They did old seminars for coaches. They didn't do any of that. And now it's all there. And I think it's I think it's helping the game locally. Which it needs. I mean, I was mentioning earlier, I know it's not solved and congratulate our lads there brilliantly, but I looked at the results of Oldham and Rochdale this weekend and I, I don't know what's gone wrong in rugby league in them areas. Rochdale lost to Cornwall and, and Oldham lost at home to Midlands Hurricanes. I mean, these are two proper rugby league clubs. Oldham, uh, me growing up, I remember Oldham always being a, basically a first division team or whatever and a great sort of rivalry. So, the, the amateur game needs needs help, needs encouragement, and it's good to see that we're now bearing fruit to that and bringing these players through. Yep. Sean Murray and George Chanuk have been selected for Ireland under-19s. Paul, they will face England Lions at Goldbridge Parkside Wigan. Uh, so congratulations to, to them, two lads representing Ireland. Uh, what an achievement for them. 
Yeah, certainly is. It's good to see the, the amateur game progressing. I think I follow it quite well in the, the world of rugby league and see what's going on. And just going back to what Park said about Oldham and, and Rochdale, I think the amateur game in, in those areas is pretty good. At the moment, you've got Water Eddie with top of the uh, second division, Oldham second, the top of the third division. And I was talking to Andy Maisy, the Rochdale chairman of Huddersfield, a few weeks ago, and he was telling me about Rochdale and, and what's been going on there. And they've got some big plans there. And I think. This season they've just missed out on the playoffs, but I think next season they've made some good recruitment there, so they could be could be making progress. And I know Oldham, who's playing not far from my house, I think they got about fifteen hundred the other night against Workington. So I mean that was at Boundary Park, so they they've got grand plans there. So I know they're struggling at the moment, but them two teams might be the team, and I hope they are because the the two teams that are close to my heart really been quite local. So, but yeah, congratulations to those lads because it's good to be selected and, and good to be selected for the, those for the country playing for the country. Yeah, good luck to all. I'm sure what an achievement to play for your country. Some people can only, like, can only dream of that, most people, but to be selected is, is wonderful. Rugby League's birthday this week, Parkett. Yeah. We're calling it 128 years. Evolved from amateur sport to professional sport. We do have our gripes about it, uh, but it is the greatest game of all. Well, without a doubt. There's, listen, it's not the sport. It's it's the people that run it that are the issue. The sport itself is 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 yeah, I'm biased, but it is, it is the greatest game. It's, it's just brilliant. I love watching it a lot. Can't get enough of it. Literally can't. When I'm not, if it's not on the telly live, I'll be trying to watch something on YouTube or whatever old game. Doesn't have to contain Salford. It's just rugby league. The sports phenomenal. I've never, I still don't understand how it's never taken in other areas. Uh, even in this country but you look at Australia Sydney and Brisbane yeah the rest of Australia not so much very strange the south of France but not the north of France the north of England but not really the south or any of the other nations of, of Great Britain uh, and, and the rest of the world I know we're catch, they're catching on now there's, there's probably I don't know 70 nations actually having some representation but the game is is brilliant and that meeting at the, the George Hotel all them years ago or I think I actually believe there was one in Manchester before that, but that never gets mentioned. Um, it's uh, obviously thank God for that. Otherwise, we'd all be watching Rugby Union, and nobody wants that. No, there's, there's bruises, there's broken bones, there's agony, there's ecstasy, and there's friendship. Park uh, Paul is uh, rugby league is always the winner compared to Rugby Union. You're on about. <laughs> trying to be thoughtful oh yeah yeah yeah. it's, it's the greatest game I'm, I can honestly say I've never seen a bad game of rugby league mm. never I mean there's always something to entertain you and like Pike said you, you become I've, I've done it over the years you become biased towards rugby league and you defend rugby league and you know, I can honestly say I've never watched a game of rugby in my life so I've seen bits of it on the telly but I've, avoid, I've avoided it at all costs to be honest with you not that I've got anything against it it's just not my cup of tea thank the thing, the thing with, with rugby league is, for me, it's, it's. I mean, I'll say 90% of the people I know or that consider friends have all come through rugby league. That's one thing. But as a, as a, as a sport, it's like your family. You can call it, but anyone from the outside has a go at it. That's a different matter. It might be, it might be annoying. It might get on your nerves, but it's mine. Mm. And that's the way I feel. I think people feel about rugby league. We're very precious about it. We know where the faults are. We'll slag it off constantly. And the people who run it and the rules and this and that and the way that even now with, are we going to have promotion relegation? What are we doing? The game changes every year. 
But at the same point, that's our problem, not yours. Yeah. So you either like it or don't, but don't have a go at it. It's Question, but I might just leave it there because that was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'll move on because that was, that was brilliant. Other news, Paul, and the season awards. Club uh, have organised 18th of September, Salford Stadium. Opportunity to obviously see the players and celebrate the the, the good things this season. Can anyone go to that? 50 quid for a ticket, two course meal. 50 quid? 50 quid. <laughs> oh, money that, isn't it? Heck. I thought we might have got a, a free bin back if you're a season ticket holder or a, what do they call it? A, an investor, but hmm. not to worry. Money's money, I suppose, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, to try and find fifty quid from somewhere. But uh, yeah, in it, yeah. you know, yeah. good though, Parker. And I think they do a sticky toffee pudding, so that might be worth the admission fee alone. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I must admit that was my thought. What Paul just said when when I read it at, uh, at fifty quid, I thought, wow, that's quite steep. But the the thing is, there is only limited, mm. so. You've got to make the money one way or the other. You've got to pay, you've got to cover your debts and whatever else and the trophies that are bought and everything else. So, yeah, I understand it. It's got overheads and there won't be much left over, I wouldn't have thought, at the end of it. But um, I, I went I went last year. I'm not 100% whether I'll be there this year. You might be slightly out, of, slightly out of my league, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if I can, I don't know, I might have to sell something like <laughs> House. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you want to go, inquiries at SalfordRedDevils.net. Um, contact them. Organise your your tickets. Sad news came to us last week, Paul, that one of our legends, Eric Prescott, passed away. Thoughts and prayers are with his friends and family at this time. But what a player he was. Yeah, he was before my time, Rob, but um, I know all about Eric Prescott from me, from my dad, to be honest with you. And, uh, yeah, he was, he was a top player and I spoke to Johnny Butler a few weeks ago, well, about a month or so ago, and I know, speaking to Johnny, Eric was desperate to come to the, the celebration against St. Helens, um, but Johnny reckoned he wouldn't be able to come because he wasn't well enough, but he said, please, please, will you send him an invite because he'll tre- treasure it because he just wants to be thinking of the club, so... When I did hear the news that he, he passed away, it was really, really sad. And we've lost Mike Kuhlman recently as well. And, and Eric, it's it's funny because you look at these players now and my dad talks about them all the time, but they're all sort of getting on now, aren't they? And they're in the 70s and their 80s. And when I think of them, I don't think of them as being that old. I think of them as probably being in the, the 40s or something. They've just, just finished their career. But then I look at myself and I'm 40 now. So just time goes on, doesn't it? But no, Eric Prescott was a great player for Salford and gave him great service one well, everything apart from a Challenge Cup, really, didn't it? So, but when they went to witness and won it there, so obviously he was the, the father of the great Steve Prescott as well. And I think you've got two truly wonderful rugby league men there in those two. Two, two in it. You think of Steve Prescott, I mean, what a wonderful man he was as well. And, and I think coming from his dad as Eric, two, two great people. And yeah, it was really sad news that. Yeah, it's sad, Parky, when a, when a great sort of passes on. But people have, have the memories of what, what he achieved in a red shirt. Yeah, I think it is what Paul was saying there about, obviously, Eric was at the club when I was around, but I, I don't recall seeing him or anything like that. But the stories that my, my older brothers told me and, and my dad, before my dad passed, and they they seem to be alive in me in terms of 
the way it was it was told so graphically that I can still I can see these players and how good they were and yet I didn't see um, you know and you, you think in recent years like Paul said there obviously we lost Eric now and uh, and, and Mike Coolman and Chris Esketh not not that long ago kind of thing and and you do forget that these guys are, are getting older. And, and it will happen with our generation, maybe for me in the 80s and, and the 90s, that eventually some of these players will become old men. Mm. And we just don't feel it that way because in your head, they're just legends and still would be league players. And like Paul said, once they stop playing, that's where they stop They stop aging for me. But I mean, when I saw some of the players last the other week, I was like, wow, is that? That's not, that can't be. I mean, you can see facially it was them, but that's not the same. Adrian Adley was one that I went, is that Adrian Adley? No, because Adrian Adley's still about 30 in my head, playing on the wing. So, it, 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 But it is such a, a massive loss to the club that these these legends, the last the last great, great team we ever had. Eric was part of that, as was Mike Coleman. And, and we, we'll never we'll never get to hear their stories again. We'll never get to, to, to sort of share their memories. Um, and that's why for me, and, and Paul knows all about, this from what he helped organise with the, the parade the other week is that's why we've got to look after these players and keep them close to us, close to the club, make sure they feel part of it because they've made my life in many ways where I am. I mean, in terms of my love for Salford, these, these were the players that did that. So we should never forget them because one day they won't be around and uh, we, we need to memorise them. Yeah, I mean, I'll follow behind that, Paul. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I think it'd be great to get an ex-players association going again. I've said it umpteen times, and it's something that's I've seen at other clubs. Rochdale have got a brilliant one. They, they look after them, and they don't they don't do loads of stuff, but they have the annual dinner and things like. that. I think something like that for Salford would be would be ideal. I don't think it's going to take loads of our guys, so I'd love to see that because the players would love it as well, and they'd enjoy it. And, and yeah, just echoing what Park he said. A lot of those players I've never seen, but they, they do they live on through what people have told you, and you feel like you you sort of know them players, even though you've never seen them play because you've heard so much about them. I mean, I can tell you all sorts of stories about Key Field and having four tries disallowed at Wakefield and, and things like that because my dad's told me the story about twelve times. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's wonderful that, but then very sad when you when you hear of them passing. Yeah, other bits of news. We're talking admin now. Parker Club have uh, put out a thing saying if you're not getting emails this might be why so I could read the different things you need to do if you're on Gmail or Outlook but that's going to bore everyone to death so if you're not getting emails from the club go on their social media there's a post on one of one of the things saying this is how you start getting them yeah uh, how are you not getting something you're not getting yeah uh, <laughs> How you've not got it? I don't. Yeah. I don't really get that. Anyway, yeah, I've had my own problems with it. So, and I know I haven't had an, an update for a while. So I'm wondering whether I'm one of them people that's not getting what I'm supposed to be getting. So I'll, I'll look into that. Um, but yeah, because the, the club had got a lot better at that communicating that way, and because it's something that we'd lacked for years. We never knew, never knew what was going on around the club, and there is a lot to celebrate that goes on at the club that doesn't get mentioned. Certainly, the community side and that sort of thing. So. Yeah, it's, it's good to stay in touch, and a lot of the time we have to we relay what what the club let us let us know. But people who don't listen to us or whatever need to know these things. So yeah, I'll I'll certainly double check in my uh, my emails and seeing what's what's going on. Yeah, I get multiple emails now because of obviously different 
email lists, Paul. But mm. I suppose are you are you connected? Do you get um, good spam from the club? I get a lot of emails that fall into a junk email for some daft reason. I forget to look in it, and then like a Friday, I look in my junk email. I've got all sorts of stuff in there, all sorts of important stuff. So mm. I'm not like dead clever with stuff, but. To be honest, Rob, I rely on you a lot of the time. You, you'll normally put something on Twitter or Facebook for me and I'll, I'll get the information off you, buddy. So you're you are Paul. So so you look after me in that way, really. Oh, good. Good, good, to, good to see me me rambling to a notice by Pete some people. I listen. I listen. <laughs> so that's all the news. And now we'll see what's happening in the World of Rugby League, outside World of Rugby League. Hello and here's this week's Devil in the Detail amateur report and of course the world of rugby league. We'll start this week with the National Conference League. It's hotting up now, it's coming towards the end of the season. Rochdale Mayfield continued their magnificent run in the Premier Division on Saturday. They beat Wigan St. Pats, they didn't beat them. They absolutely annihilated them by 76 points to 18. St. Pats are having a struggle season, they're bottom of the table. But uh, two tries from Long, Wright, McDade, Gleeson. Two from Tolhurst, Ellison, Long and Sheridan. McKellar. McVeigh and Radcliffe, and 10 goals from Radcliffe gave Rochdale Mayfield a fantastic result there that takes them, or keeps them, third in the table, two behind Westall and four behind Hunslet, who are top of the table. 20 games in, 15 wins for Mayfield, so they're having a really good season. Division 2, talking of good seasons, Saddle of Rangers, the fixtures this week are back in action. They played Tuesday night. We've not got the score for that one, but this, this weekend in Division 2, Might and Warriors face Saddle of Rangers, Waterhead face Wigan St. Jude's, and in Division Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield at home to Wathbrow. So another big game for Mayfield. Wathbrow just a point behind Mayfield on the table, so that's a big one. As I said before, Waterhead Warriors are in action. They play Wigan St. Jude's at the weekend. Waterhead are still top. They're six points clear of Jude's more Maroons, and they've got a game in hand. Oldham St. Anne stay top of Division 3 on points different. Saddleworth Rangers are third from bottom. So uh, so big weekend ahead again. In the Northwest Men's League, there's no games last weekend that we uh, got, got notified of, but the fixtures for this week, Division 1, it's Folly Lane against Caddy's Head. Salford City Roosters play Wigan Springview and West Horton Lions at home to Charlie Panthers. In Division 2, Ashton Bears A at home to Rochdale Mayfield A. Division 3, Langbury Reds, I've got the Waterhead Warriors A. Well, the women's fixtures for this week, Sunday the 3rd of September in the Betfred Women's Super League Group 1, it's St. Helens against Leeds and Wigan plays Huddersfield. In Group 2, Barrow play Salford at 2 o'clock, Bradford have got Featherstone Rovers and Lee Leopards take on the Castleford Tigers. In the Wheelchair European Club Championship, that game finished a draw, that was Catalans 32, Halifax Panthers 32. There's some academy scores from last week as well. Huddersfield 10, Leeds 62, Hull FC 12, Warrington 54, St. Helens 16, Wigan 28 and Wakefield Trinity 66, London Broncos nil. The Youth and Junior Leagues, the fixtures for this weekend in the under-18s Premier Division. It's clock-faced miners against Waterhead Warriors. In the under-18s Division 1, Saddleworth take on Rochdale Mayfield. In the under-16s Premier Division, Wigan St. Jude's have got Rochdale. Division 1, Wigan St. Pat's play Folly Lane. Barrow Island and Walney Central play Southern Roosters. Uh, Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers at home to Wigan St. Cuthbert's and Division 3, Portico Vine entertain Langworthy Reds. In the under-15s, Division 2, Folly Lane have got Newton Storm. Rochdale Mayfield face Oldham St. Anne's. Division 3, Interrose Bridge have got Saddleworth. In the under-14s, Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers at home to Wolston Rovers. Division 2, Oldham St. Anne's Golds have got Waterhead Warriors. Division 3, Goldman Parkside face Salford City Roosters. Division 4 of the under-14s, Langworthy Reds have got Wigan St. Pat's. And in the under-13s, Division 2, Oldham St. Anne's at home 
to Rochdale Mayfield. West Bank Bears face Salford City Roosters. Wigan St. Pats have got Saddleworth Rangers. And finally, Division 3 of the under-30s. Warthead Warriors are at home to Clockface Myers. And West Orton Lions entertain the Pilkington Rex. Well, let's take our trip 12,000 miles over to the NRL like we do every week. Well, 12,000 miles Give or take if you are not so sure if it is 12,000. It's round about that anyway. Well, it was NRL round 26. And, um, yeah, some fantastic scores again. Newcastle 32, Cronulla Sharks 6. Penrith Panthers were beaten against Parramatta Reels. What a turn up that one was. Penrith 18, Parramatta Reels 32. New Zealand Warriors and another good win. They've moved to third in the table. They beat St. George 18 points to six. The Dolphins 10, North Queensland Cowboys 34. Melbourne Storm 37, Gold Coast Titans 16. Sydney Roosters 32, West Tigers 8. Brisbane Broncos another good win. They won 29 points to 18 away at Canberra. They've gone top above Penrith Panthers. Uh, Canterbury Bulldogs 24, Wanley Seagulls 42. The fixtures for this week. Thursday the 31st, it's Brisbane against Melbourne Storm. Friday, Manly take on West Tigers. The televised game is at 11 o'clock. That's the Sydney derby between South Sydney and Sydney Roosters. On Saturday, it's Dolphins against New Zealand Warriors. Penrith are on the telly at State against North Queensland Cowboys. St George face Newcastle on Sunday. Gold Coast Titans face Canterbury Bulldogs. And there's a game at 5 past 7 between Corolla Sharks and Canberra Raiders. So, the league table, Brisbane have got 42 points. Penrith second with 40. Now it's New Zealand with 38. Melbourne with 36. Newcastle with 33. Corolla with 32. Canberra with 32. And South Sydney Rabbitohs have got 30 just outside the top. The playoffs, it's North Queensland Cowboys with 30, Sydney Roosters with 30, Parramatta with 28, uh, Manly Seagulls with 27. They're still not out. They're only three points behind South Sydney Rabbitohs. And there's a gap to Gold Coast and the Dolphins, who've got 22 apiece. Canterbury 20, St. George 16 and West Tigers 14. So all the way down to, I'd say, Manly Seagulls, they've still got a chance of that uh, that playoffs. Not too sure any rounds there is to go, actually. It might be... Uh, last couple of weekends this week so uh, we'll see how that goes but yeah another fantastic weekend in the NRL we'll turn our attention finally this week to domestic matters Super League action it was round 23 the weekend just gone Casper Tigers 4 St. Helens 34 this was a big score for me Catalan Dragons who were top of the table nil Wigan Warriors 34 Huddersfield 21 Leeds Rhinos 12 Hull FC 4 Warrington Wolves 18 that's Warrington's first win for a long time Hull KR Battered Lee in a replay of the Challenge Cup final, 52 points to 10. Salford 20, Wakefield 0. In round 23 of the Championship, Batley Bulldogs 6, Sheffield Eagles 49. Sheffield Eagles are coming up well at the uh, towards the end of the season. Featherstone 36, Keithley 6. Halifax Panthers 26, Widnes 28. That was a cracking game, that. London Broncos 34, Whitehaven 18. Talking about teams on the up, London Broncos have moved up to, uh, to fifth in the table as well. They're well in the playoffs. Newcastle 6, York 20. Big game for Swinton. They went down 26-42 at home to Bradford and they've slipped into the bottom two. Toulouse Olympic 34, Barrow Raiders 10. The game last Monday was Whitehaven 22, Barrow 23. So, round 22 of the Betfred League 1. Cornwall had a good win. They beat Rochdale Hornets by 18 points to 12. Doncaster 32, Dewsbury Rams 26. North Wales Crusaders 62, London Scholars 20. Oldham 10, Midlands Hurricanes 18. And Workington Town 18, Hunslet 6. So the fixtures for this weekend, Friday the 1st of September. All these three matches are 8 o'clock kickoffs. Hulk, I've got Catalan, Lee have got Huddersfield and Wigan play Salford. That's a televised game. Saturday the 2nd of September, Hull face Leeds at 3, Warrington face Cass at 3. In the Betfred Championship, it's Newcastle against Toulouse. That's a 3 o'clock kickoff as well. On Sunday, all these matches are 3 o'clock kickoffs. Wakefield against St. Helens in the Super League. 
And the Betfred Championship, Bradford face Featherstone, Keithley have got Barrow, Sheffield have got London, Whitehaven face Halifax, Widnes have got Batley, and York play Swinton. That's a massive game for Swinton to try and get out of that bottom two. And the Betfred League one, well, it's playoff time now. Doncaster play Oldham in the qualifying playoff at three o'clock, and Workington Town face North Wales Crusaders in the elimination playoff. So that's the... Uh, the bottom two in the playoffs, Workington and North Wales. So the loser of that one goes out. The winner of uh, Doncaster and Oldham progresses. And I think the loser of that will probably play the winner of Workington and North Wales Crusades, if, I, if I've worked that out right. So, uh, so yeah, exciting times all round. Super League then. League table. Catalan stay top there. 34 points. Wigan have got 32. Saints 32. Lee 28. Warrington 24. Salford 24. And just outside the playoffs, it's Hull KR with 24. Leeds with 20. Huddersfield with 20. And Hull with 20. Then in the bottom two, Cass have got 10 and Wakefield have got 8 Casford's points to his minus 326 Wakefield's is minus 370 so uh, you know even if those two sides get beat this weekend I think it's about how many points you can see to be honest so uh, they've both got tough games as well and the Betfred Championship Featherstone are still top and I think they'll stay top now they're uh, 8 points clear of uh, Toulouse Olympic, who've got 34. That's Bradford with 29, Sheffield 28, London with 26, and Batley with 26. Just outside the players, Witness, Halifax, and York. In the Betfred League 1, Dewsbury, of course, won it. They've got 31 points. So contesting the playoffs now is Hunslet, Doncaster, Oldham, Workington, and North Wales Crusaders. That's all I've got for you this week. Take care, have a good week, and with a bit of luck, I'll see you on Friday night for Salford against Wigan. That's an 8 o'clock kickoff at the. Uh, I don't know if it's called the DW Stadium anymore. It used to be the JJB anyway. I'll see you there on Friday night. Take care. Have a good week. So that was White Sound World of Rugby League. Uh, and now we'll see, uh, we'll look forward to the game on weekend. Friday. Friday. It's time on the Devil of the Deep So, so Red Devils travel to Wigan Warriors on Friday night. Make sure you get the right day. Not like me, forgetting. Big game. We've come off two wins on the spin. Big test, Parker. Massive. Massive. I think if anyone watched Wigan against Catalan on, on the weekend, I'd be afraid. Be very afraid. They, they looked unbelievably good. They look like a team that is going to go to a grand final. Mm. Um, for me... Possibly the team to beat now, Wigan. I, I know they're going to have a few players missing this week. I, I mentioned earlier about Tyler Dupree. I think they've got four or five injuries, but you look at Wigan's squad and then you look at their reserves and their academy, and it, it doesn't matter who they put out. Their their record at the DW is, is unbelievable. I don't know how many times they ever lose there. It's very, very rare. So, talking about being up against it, this is, this is it. This is where, where it's really tested. However... We should be going there full of full of hope and full of spirit because, like I said, the last two two games, yeah, last last week wasn't brilliant, but it's a win. We kept the team scoreless. The week before, we were we were brilliant against Huddersfield. We know we can do it. We know how well we can play and how good we are. Paul mentioned that we've got at the moment. We seem to be putting out the same team week in week out, which is a massive help um, for us and it, it'll help us gain a bit of momentum. So I think it's gonna be a great game. I think that's why Sky have chose it. There were other options this weekend, other decent games going on, but they selected us and Wigan because I think they know that there's a contest there. I mean, earlier in the season, we went there with a battered squad and we, we really, we should have won that game. We just couldn't hold out. I think we got, it sounds like we're going to have a dig at the ref. I am. 
I am having a dig at the ref. We got heavily penalised in a, in a second half that we didn't deserve, and it tired us out. Uh, we had, a, had to do a lot of defending through no fault of our own, and we still nearly pulled that game off. But so we're close, and I, I think we've got. I think we've we've got a chance. As much as we're going to a great side, great side, got a great squad, really good manager. I like Matty Pete a lot. I think he's a, a really honest, genuine man who, who he's, he's a good coach, and it's very rare to wish Wigan well at anything. But he's he's a decent bloke, and he, he seems to. He doesn't criticise anyone. He doesn't have a go at anyone. He just gets on with his job. So it's nice to see. Um, it will be tough. Let's not let's not beat around the bush. It's going to be a massive game. But we, if we go there and put on our best best shot and lose, we can still take confidence that we've gone to possibly the best team in the league, maybe, and push them. If we go there and win, the rest of the season we should be flying into the playoffs. So huge huge test to see where we're actually at. But I, I go there with a bit of confidence. Yeah, we're in a firefight, Paul, with Warrington and Hull KR. Warrington at home to Castleford. Hull KR at home to Catalan. Um, obviously, it'd be tough. Obviously, all Kingston Rovers and Warrington, both at home. Mm, interesting. Well, yeah, if you look at the fixtures, I mean, look at them two games, for example. You can see OKR winning that. You can see Catalan's winning it because you don't know what Catalan team's going to turn up away from home. They're a totally different team away from home. Um, Casford and Warrington, that, that's another game that could go either way. Yeah, you go for Warrington, but Warrington's not that good. And Casford are fighting for their lives. We've got Blake Austin and they see him having a storm against his old club and Cass winning. So, the, for me, we've got to play Warrington and OKR in our next two games, haven't we? And those are four pointers for the playoffs. I mean, I'm not saying you can chuck this game. No way you can because you've got to win all your games now. But this is the big one for me. And then, but you look at the two the two games against Wigan and Catalan. You're not going to have them easy because Wigan now are going for top spot. They're two points behind Catalan. When we play Catalan last game of the season, they're going to probably have to win that to finish top. So no team's going to take the, their um, their eye off the ball now. Are they? They're going to have to. They're all going to be cup finals. So like Parky said. I thought we were unlucky not to, to win at Wigan in the season. I think we was we were leading that game 16-8 with about 11 minutes to go, 12 minutes to go, and they scored two late tries. So we was unlucky last season as well. Was it 24-all and Morgan Eskin went for a drop goal and Field scored, didn't he? So we've had some close calls there, and um, this is a big game. And Wigan are a funny side because a couple of weeks ago they, they scraped past all in extra time, and then they went to Catalan where I didn't think they'd win, and they went 134-0. So they look tough now, and like they, and they always are. Them and St. Helens are tough when it comes around to the playoffs. They're, they're hard to beat. They battle hard, and, and, and they know because they've been there before. They know how to play. So, for me, it's going to be a massive game, this. And it's if you're not on, you're going to get battered, aren't you? So, we need to be on. We need to hang on. For a fact, you're going to get pinged below the penalties. It's going to be like the Alamo. We're going to have to defend and work out. But, on the other hand, we've got players in our squad that can cause them problems. You look at, like, Tim Laffey, Joe Burgess... Playing really well together, and the other the other side as well, the Croft and Sneed. We've got players to to, to open Wigan up, I think, and um, it should be a good game. Yeah, score prediction, Parky. What's your thoughts? Um, it's it's a tough one, it really. Yes, like Paul said, it could go either way. We could, if we struggle early on, we could get blown away. Mm. We we really could. If we're in the game. I think we'll, we we can easily stay in the game. We know we can how well we can defend. We've seen it for the last couple of weeks, even against the the, the games we lost, Saints, Lee, and, and Leeds. We were massively unlucky in them games and should have probably won all three. 
and they, these games would be more or less irrelevant at the moment. But for me, it's about performance this week. Um, in terms of Paul mentioned earlier, you don't want to limp into the playoffs. I see Lee doing that at the moment. It's a very dangerous thing because once you switched off, it's very difficult to switch back on. In the last couple of years, we've flown into the playoffs when we've been in them, um, and it gives you, it does give you that big, big boost. So I'm going to say I'm going to tip Wigan to win because they're at home. I think if it was at our place, I'd probably feel differently. Um, I'm going to go 26. 16 to Wigan. 26-16, Wigan. Well, I, I get what you're saying about Lee. I was looking at their fixtures and we can catch them. I think we're four points behind them. And if we if we were to win all four games, I reckon we'd finish fourth. Um, but that's another story. Do I think we're going to win? Hand on heart. Don't, I don't, but I've never backed against us in this podcast. In, yes, in time I've been doing it, so I can't do that, can I? No. So I'm going to go eighteen twelve to Salford. Eighteen twelve. Heart ruling me head to be honest because I, I can't uh, see always the optimist. Me, Wigan will come with a grind. We will outgrind them after last week's performance. So I'm going to go Wigan six, Salford twenty eight. Concealed wow. two tries. I don't remember the last time Wigan conceded 28 at home. Um, <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be interesting. Um, but I, I, he's got to, he's just he's just one of them places, isn't it? We, I know we had the, the great win back in 2019, and let's not never forget that. But I think I've seen, I've actually seen us win at Headingley more times than I've seen us winning Wigan. Uh. That's, that's not a great sign. Um, I think it's a, a real graveyard for us. And it's just, we don't see, we seem to just, I mean, it's that thing about the Wigan bounce, isn't there? They, if they kick the ball in the air, it will bounce to them. It's just it's how it works. And things like that can go against us. But I just, like I say, I want to see us compete. I want to see us show that if we do go into these playoffs, we're going to give these teams a test. Because if we do get in the playoffs, we might have to go to Wigan. Mm. And win. We might have to go to Saints and win or whatever. Catalan, even, depending on what. So, We've got to get the performances right now. And it's, as much as winning is, is what we want, if we can come away with performance, I think that'll just give us massive amounts of confidence. Yeah. I spoke to assistant coach Chris Inu ahead of Salford's clash against Wigan Warriors on Friday. And this is what he had to say. Coach's corner. Hi, right, Chris Nanny, you okay? Yeah, good, mate. Still on the PlayStation headset, are we? This is it. To fill it in the spare time. That's what it's all about, waiting for the next game, Jay. Two wins in a row, coming up to the business end of the season. You must be pleased. Yeah, can't complain. Like like I said earlier, uh, leading into these, especially the back last last four games, everyone's playing against each other, those top teams, and everyone's fighting for a spot in the, in the six. So, um, excited. Um, I'm excited for the boys and, and leading into... To the finals, obviously, everyone wants to be in that mix, so everyone's still fighting for it. Yeah, player football is intense. Do you think playing Wigan now gives us kind of a an idea what to come? Yeah, definitely. Well, any team like 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 I said, spoke before. Everyone's in the mix. Everyone's only two 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 games in or two games out. So every every game's a final, like I said, and and no better way to to finish the season off in, in playing the bigger teams and that's that's Wigan. Yeah, we had to find a way to, to grind a result against 
Wakefield. Do you think it's important we're able to do that with uh, you know the weeks to come in tougher games? Yeah, of course. Um, like we said, it's not not often you get a nil team and uh, leading into bigger games like like uh, Wigan, you're going to be you're going to need to be on top of your game, especially in defence. So that's uh, that gives gives our boys in our, our camp uh, confidence leading into this game. Yeah, uh, what do you expect from Wigan, and how do we how do we exploit their weaknesses? Uh, you take Wigan as they are; they're tough. So you you got to you got to play tough with tough. So uh, we'll we'll be playing to our strengths, and we'll we'll worry about them when whatever they bring. Uh, we've prepared ourselves. Uh, we're we're all ready for war, pretty much. Yeah, we're going to be a tough test. Excited about the challenge to come. Yeah, definitely. It's always it's always a good atmosphere in, in Wigan. They always bring the fans, and it's always loud there. Uh, I'm sure our fans will be right behind our boys. So, like I said, it, uh, everyone that goes there, you, you expect nothing less than than a war. So, uh, we'll be ready to play. Brilliant. Thanks for talking to us, and uh, good luck. So that was Chris and you talking to us ahead of the clash against Wigan on Friday night. Our ladies are also in action. They are away at Barrow on the Sunday. The Matt Johnson Stadium, 2pm kickoff. Park a tough, tough mm. test um, get for the ladies for their playoff push. Yeah, Barrow have been decent, haven't we, this year? Um, we, we need to win the next two. Mm. We really do to, to get for these playoffs. Um, two big games coming up. Again, a bit of a trip up there. Um, I, I think I think conditions might be okay-ish, but um, we can only wish the girls well. Uh, it's it's going to be to be a tough one, but we know we've got it in them. And as the season's gone on, they have got better, and we have learned, and we are. I, I mentioned last week that it's the the education that they're getting through through playing better teams and more established teams. And uh, yeah, big big test coming up the next couple of weeks. Um, it's a shame they're away. Mm. Could have probably done with the support and Barrow's not just around the corner, is it? So. As much as I like a trip to Cumbria, I don't think I'll make it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's a big test. And we, like I say, I wish, I wish the ladies well. Um, just while I'm on that, by the way, sorry, I, I'm not hogging it. But just to mention, Folly Lane ladies masters team. Oh, yeah. Being on a Monday evening down at Blue Ribbon, down at Folly Lane, um, looking for players. My my wife has signed up and has, has played her first game. Well, she didn't actually play for them because they didn't have a game. So they guested. For Blackpool, strangely oh. enough, absolutely loved it. Obviously, it's for all abilities, and some do full tackle. You can do tag, you can do whatever level you're at, whatever you feel comfortable with. So, anyone who wants to play Masters, which I think is probably thirty plus, isn't it? Um, go go down, find out what it's all about. Apparently, it's really good fun. Um, I'll I'll leave the playing up to to them, but yeah, just thought I'd mention it. I bet there's a, a demographic of people, Paul, of you know, ladies who think I wish I was. I don't know, 10 years younger. But you don't need to be now. Well, there's none of them in my house, mate. My <laughs> mate interested in rugby league. No chance. <laughs> Shouldn't even talk about it. But no, I bet I bet there is. Yeah, I bet there is. I mean, I wouldn't mind to go at that Masters, to be honest with it, for a minute. I'm not too sure whether my body's any good for it. I'm not heavy enough, really, to play rugby, I suppose. But uh, no, sounds, sounds good. Just while we're on. Uh, mm. Your prediction then for the uh, the Huddersfield game the other week? Yeah. Did you check it? Because I know you said you were quite close. Because my dad phoned me in the week. Said, "Oh, I said I've just listened to that podcast." I said, "Oh, did you enjoy it?" He went, "Yeah." But he said, "What's that, Robin?" He said, "He give a prediction at the end." He said, "30 odd something to solve it." Anyway, I come out of the ground at Huddersfield and we went, 
where's Rob? I said, well, he went, I think he got that score right. So you must have been no. pretty close. Was you quite close? I've, I'm going to have to have a chat. I didn't, I normally write him down and me both. We had a chat about this, didn't we? We did. After the game, and then we must have forgot about it because obviously there's been another week come along. But mm. yeah, he, he wasn't slagging you off, but he said, I don't know where he gets them predictions from. He's on some at him. And then when, when the final score had gone, he was like, <laughs> Blimey, I think I think Rob's Rob's got it. I think I he think. got it right because it was it was thirty two eight, wasn't it? it finished up. Was it thirty two eight? Thirty two. We got thirty two, didn't we? Because yeah. you forgot to mention that in the news. The rugby league getting the table uh, wrong. Oh yeah, that was one thing. <laughs> Never mind. Hmm. Um, I'll have a listen back. I'll have a listen back, and we'll let our listeners know. Unless they want to let us know before I know. Could well be going to a Nando's target. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I think yeah, I think I came close a few weeks ago, didn't I? But I don't I think I missed out by two points yeah. or something, which was infuriating. Um but yeah, no, you might have done. You might have mm. done. one of these days, one of these is gonna come off, he's gonna go, Oh, did he know that? <laughs> I know what Christian Inu stole a Nando's off Paul, didn't he once? Yeah, did he kick a penalty goal yeah. later on? Mm. Yeah. You the only one crown. Shall we no? No, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, that's another thing I've got to mention this week. I was going to—I forgot to mention it before. We were talking about score predictions. Mm. Um, it's vital this week that we don't sort of get mm. smashed by Wigan. Mm. You know, if we're losing the game, because points difference is going to be absolutely vital. Because if you look at the league table, I think we're absolutely bang on with OKR, aren't we? Yeah. And yet we went above. Them. I don't know why we went above them because somebody said the points difference was the same, but it was points percentage. I wasn't sure how that worked. Because I thought if your points difference was the same, your percentage will be the same, won't it? So I, I don't, I know they, they changed the table and we went above them, but I didn't like putting it on Twitter. I didn't like thinking I was, anyone thinking it was a thick hole because I didn't realise like how, how how we'd gone above them. If if, if either of you two can explain it to me, I think just Admira, I think. Like at yeah. the end of the game, he's gone. So I'll just do it in a minute and then just forgot. I think. I, think, I know what you're saying. I think ours is actually slightly can be different anyway because it's wasn't it based on the amount you've conceded to go above ah. somebody. I think there's ah. but the, the percentage there is a there is something about that percentage thing. But I haven't had a chance to read into it. Um, no, but yeah, I, we, sure. we, I think I think the problem was that the Huddersfield game. I don't think initially they calculated the final two points. Two points. What I mean. So they ended at thirty points to eight rather than thirty two eight. Which left us two behind uh, OKR in points difference. Yeah, but actually, when they corrected it, and then they've worked out the, the how it actually works. Yeah, we are we are slightly above them, but means nothing that does it at the moment. It's, we could do a Catalan doing us a big favour this week. That's that's what I will say. Hmm. Um, if they can put in a score, but again, like I mentioned Lee OKR went there, and played them last week, and absolutely walloped them. Now, I know they would have had revenge on the mind and everything else, but Lee haven't been hit by like that all year, really. So what happened there? It's kind of, it, don't limp into the playoffs. Don't mm. do it. So Lee have got to shape themselves a little bit. But great, I mean, great result for OKR, clearly. Because um, the week before, we turned that points difference on its head. Yeah. And then it switched back again. So that's how it's going to be now till the end of the year. Yeah, exciting times. Just, just go back to Lee just briefly. Salford need to win and hope that Bradford beat Featherston um, to hopefully get a home tie, Parker, because Salford play Featherston final game of the season. Mm. Yeah, it'd be tough. Bradford haven't had a great year, have they? Bradford ladies. 
So it will be tough because Fed, Fed have, have been decent. I know we saw him earlier in the season at our place. Um, but that, I mean, that makes for an interesting last game, wouldn't it? The uh, game next next week. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, we've got to do our job. That's the main thing. The girls have got to go up. And if we beat Barra, then it makes it interesting. If we get, we get lumped off them, then it's not, it's not going to be ideal, is it? So, no, again, in all all, all leagues, it's, it's going to be an interesting end to the season. And like I say, we just hope the ladies go up there and, and get something out of the game. Yeah. So that's the end of another podcast, Paul. Another great show. Uh, record listeners last week. Big thanks for everyone for, for tuning in and, and listening to us jabber on about Salford Red Devils for over two hours mostly. But I'm not going to moan about it. It's all quality. I'm not going to cut quality. It's a, a joy. Yeah, no, really enjoyed it, lads. Really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to me Nando's because I'm quietly confident with Rob's prediction because he was he's always there or thereabouts. So a big win at, at Wigan, I think. <laughs> Last week, Parker, you wanted to know about people listening all around the world i didn't get any messages saying i'm listening to your podcast lads but part of our soundcloud app which we which we are i upload the shows to shows where our listeners are listening parker and i shared a picture on our uh, whatsapp of somebody in vietnam on a boat on a canal listening to one of our podcasts yesterday I mean, I, I I don't know if I hope it is somebody who's a, who's a fan who's listening or somebody who isn't who's tuned in by accident who's, yeah. uh, what they were looking for. But yeah. um, no, that's brilliant. I mean, I, we know we we've seen these these maps a couple of times, haven't we? We get listeners mm. uh, in, in all over the world, but it's great when it's obviously you get them in Australia and New Zealand and the states where what expats will will be, but then you see them in some like somewhere like that, and you're going, wow, what? Yeah. Um, and, and obviously we get them in, in in Europe. People are going away on holiday and listening and all that sort of thing. So, but it is great. I just it just fascinates me that I I I'm intrigued. I love the fact that people listen and want to listen, and it's, it makes us it makes doing this. I mean, for us, it's just chatting. Mm. But it makes it worthwhile. It's great that people are out there and listening. And when when you find them in an obscure place, it, it fascinates me. It really does. And I can't thank people enough for for listening anyway. Yeah, people listening on holiday. Alcudia. Southern Spain, Italy, Paul. So people lounging on the old sunbed, tequila in hand, listening to you talking Opera Devils. Yeah, I mean, bugger, <laughs> we're stuck. We're stuck here in this this rain. I know it's oh, it's great. I think it's brilliant. That, like I said, there Vietnam and some of the buzz that you shared on the the WhatsApp group. Some of these these places I've never heard of before. But yeah. you know, it's, uh, just shows technology and, and rugby league, the interest in rugby league as well. So yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, I can't thank our listeners enough for listening. I can't thank them enough for donating via the Kofi to allow us to get the programmes to produce this podcast and, and continue uh, for it to evolve and, and, and keep the quality up. It's Without you, it's just three lads and a laptop and some bad sound. So big thanks for joining us on this week's Devil of the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You find us on Facebook, Devil of the Detail, SRD. Fans on Twitter, at DITD, SRD. And you find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. Good luck, Reds. We'll see you soon.